0: Today, we're going to continue this series. And in Galatians 5, it, was, it says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject, again, to a yoke of slavery. Jesus wants us to live free. It's like we just talked about, you know, human trafficking is imprisoning people. God's never for anybody being in prison. I many of you know, he wants us to be free. And so in week one of our series, we talked about spiritual oppression and how God wants to deliver us from spiritual oppression. Oppression is whenever we're pressed against by something outside of us. And there's nothing greater, uh, there's nothing greater that'll keep you from living free than spiritual oppression. Last week, Pastor Brandon talked about mental freedom. Jesus said, you're going to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Freedom is related to what you believe, what you receive, and how you live and walk in that. Amen? Today I want to talk to you about emotional freedom. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus reads a Messianic prophecy in, from the book of Isaiah describing what the foundational ministry of his would be. And he says this in verse 17. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now, Jesus said, my father has anointed me or equipped me. He's empowered me. He's given me the ability to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. As you can see, the foundation of the ministry of Jesus was to bring freedom to humanity, Right? And so, and one of the specific areas that Jesus mentions here, I believe is emotional freedom. And, and Jesus came, the Bible says in Luke 4, to heal the brokenhearted. In verse 18 it says, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And so, to heal the brokenhearted is related to emotional healing. When your heart is broken, you're emotionally struggling. And so, in the Greek, the term broken-hearted it is broken down in two words, and the word broken means the word is suntribo, which means to break or to shatter in pieces, like a glass falling uh, onto the kitchen floor and shattering into many places. The word heart uh, means cardia, which is where we get our English word cardiac from. But the human heart is like a fragile glass jar that can easily be broken and shattered into pieces. How many of you know that? You can be a big, burly, strong man with biceps bigger than thighs, but your little heart can be as fragile as a jaw that can be broken on a kitchen floor. Amen? So Jesus is basically saying the human heart is is can be broken. And he's basically saying when our hearts have been broken, he can do for our hearts what initially seems impossible. Jesus can heal broken hearts that have been shattered. How many of you know that? And so... You know, imagine being able to you know drop a jar and it shatters in a thousand pieces, and being able to take all those pieces and put them back together and make a jar again. Right? I mean, that's that's impossible. But that's what Jesus can do when our hearts are broken. It may seem like it's impossible to put back together, but how many of you know the Lord can take a broken life, a broken heart, and He could put it all back together, to back together again because He heals the brokenhearted, Amen. Now what's broken hearts have to do with living free? Well, here, here's the connection. When our hearts are broken, it can open the door to all kinds of emotional bondages and strongholds, which holds us emotionally captive. And it leaves us in dire need of emotional healing. And so I think you would agree that most people who have serious emotional issues do so because of experiencing some kind of broken heart issue. Are y'all with me out there? We become emotionally broken because of some traumatic life experience, a relational loss, or because of the abuse of some dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship, or some traumatic experience. Have you ever experienced a broken or shattered heart from some dysfunctional behavior or some situation like this? You probably have, because most of us, I mean, it's its nearly impossible to go through life and your heart not be broken, right? In fact, you know, one of the things that we say about, you know, sometimes we'll say of a child, oh, they just got their first broken heart. Well, life brings you a series of broken hearts, one after another. Are y'all with me out there? And so how do you know if you need emotional freedom? Well, let me, let me just give you a couple of indications. The first one is this. If you find yourself stuck in a state of sadness or grief, grief is not bad, right? It's a God-given, natural, normal emotion. So when you grieve, it's, it's not bad. But it's when you can't ever get out of that state of grief that it becomes problematic. And so example you know, when I, you probably heard me tell the story, but whenever I was young, growing up, we were had, all the neighbors were close. All the families had four or five, some of us seven, eight kids in the family. All the kids play together. And there was one particular mom. She was the neighborhood mom. And when we were out there playing, she was the one that always, come on kids. And she'd give us a, you know, uh, something to drink or some ice cream or something. She was neighborhood mom. But one year, her son got tragically killed, 18 year old son in a car accident. And as a child myself, just a little bit younger, I just watched and observed what happened to this lady. And all of a sudden, there was no more neighborhood mom. All of a sudden, she ended up becoming a hermit, closing herself in the house, closing the blinds. She would never come out anymore. And that lady just stayed in a state of grief. What I know now, she, she got, she died prematurely. With a broken heart. I mean, you know, grief is natural and normal, but it can, it can open the door to a bondage, right? A second indication you may need emotional healings if you find yourself living with an extreme state of worry or anxiety. Worry. Again, worry's not bad. It's natural, and normal, right? I mean, we worry, right? That's why Jesus said, don't worry. It's natural for us. But some people deal with extreme worry and anxiety. They deal with it. They're always worried. They're always anxious. We have different fears or or we have different worries, you know, but worry is okay. It's whenever you start living your life in the torment of worry and anxiety that is a problem. Remember when Jesus visited Mary and Martha. Remember uh, Mary enjoyed her time with Jesus. She sat at his feet and listened to the wisdom that he had to offer. But Martha was a different story. Martha had an unhealthy bit of worry and anxiety in her life. In fact, in Luke 10, Jesus addressed it. Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. So it seems Mary had an extreme, or rather Martha, had an an extreme problem with worry and anxiety. Do you have a problem with worry or anxiety? See, that might be an indication that you need some emotional healing. You might have experienced something traumatic that caused you to fall into the state or place of, of, of worry that the Lord doesn't want you to live with because you can't live free if you live with extreme worry or anxiety, amen? Yeah. A third indication that you may need emotional healing is if you find yourself overcome and paralyzed with fear. First John 4, 18 says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Fear hath torment. How many of you know fear torments you? And and if you're fearful, you're not living emotionally free. You're living emotionally bond. Are y'all with me out there? But fear is another common emotion Really, that is natural and normal, that can sometimes help you get out of vines, but it's, it can, it can become a bondage. It can become a stronghold. Do you know, have you heard of Howard Hughes? Billionaire Howard Hughes. You know, that man died a lonely death as a hermit in Mexico. With, beer, with a beard down to his belly, his fingernails like corkscrews. You know why? Because fear, the fear of people and the fear of disease. He couldn't even go out in public. Fear had bound him up so much. You know, have you heard of John Lennon? He was a member of the, the famous Beatles, rock band Beatles. But he also was tormented by fear. And the the biographers described him as so frightened that he was unwilling to sleep at night with the lights off. And he was so afraid to touch anything because he was afraid to get a germ. That he lived his life. He was this popular guy. People, you know, went in droves to hear him play music. But yet he was bound up. I mean, you know, fear will paralyze you. The unhealthy emotion of fear is normal, but listen, it can become, it can become abnormal. It can become a bondage and a stronghold in your life. And it's typically, it's typically caused by some, coma, some kind of trauma or traumatic e- event that happens in your life. And it breaks your heart. It damages your heart. For me personally, I've shared this story, but, you know, whenever I was young, I was just a kid. I don't remember exactly, but, you know, right next to my mom and dad, live my grandmother and my grandfather had died years before. And, and I would go back and forth from my mom's house, my mom and dad's house to my grandmother's house. And I would hang out there, you know, she, my grandmother would make me coffee milk, you know, and, and stuff like that. Right. I mean, I loved being at grandmother's house, but you know, one, one time it got dark and I was on my way back home and I had, you know, seven siblings or six siblings. I was one of seven. And one of my older brothers was hiding behind a tree. And whenever, and he knew I'd be coming back. And so whenever I was running, and I was running, brother, I wasn't touching the grass, you know what I mean? And I was running home. And he stood behind the tree. And as soon as I got next to the tree, he jumped out and he yelled at me. And I'm telling you, I went from that tree to the front porch without missing a beat. But something happened to me that day. I became fearful, fearful of the dark. Fearful of different things. And I lived under the grip of fear. Fear can be a bondage that's caused from some kind of traumatic event. It makes me wonder how many people are living with emotional bondage because of some kind of event they experienced whenever they were young. It don't have to be fear, but it can be a dysfunctional family. It can be not being properly loved. It can be not having a secure place. All these things feed in to emotional bondages that if we'll be honest about it, that we're not living free. Come on, I need a better amen than that. If you find yourself, another indication, is if you find yourself in a constant state of depression, you know, depression is is a very common emotional struggle that many people deal with. And it's one of those silent struggles. And, you know, in fact, one study found that one in seven will battle with depression at some point in their life. And, you know, what causes depression? Life disappointments, dashed expectations, trials and tribulations. In other words, events that break your heart emotionally. And it causes you to be depressed. Isaiah 61 Quoted, this is the scripture that Jesus was quoting in Luke four. And it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the, the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Notice the phrase at the end of that verse, the spirit of heaviness. What is the spirit of heaviness? It means to be weighed down, a burden down, despairing, to be utterly darkened in spirit, a state of sadness and a feeling of gloominess. And the reality is God loving people, people that love Jesus, people that whenever they die, they're going to go to heaven, but they're living under a spirit of heaviness. And God wants to liberate us. Amen. God wants to set us free. And so listen, what is that spirit of heaviness? It's, it's, it's that emotional state of dejection and sadness and feeling of gloominess. And listen, depression is no respect of person. Anyone and everyone at some point in time can experience that. Even Elijah, who is this great man of God. You remember him? He dealt with depression right after he experienced the greatest move of God. He called fire down from heaven that consumed the sacrifice. Remember that? And the Bible says right after that, Elijah suffered with depression, 1 Kings 19.4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and he sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die and said, It is not enough now, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my father's. Elijah was at the end of his rope. He went from the mountaintop of victory to the low valley of depression. If this man, mighty man of God can experience the spirit of heaviness, I think you and I can too. Amen. What causes depression? A broken heart when your life has been shattered by life's disappointments. When your life has been dashed by expectations that that didn't happen. Any of these things can really can really mess you up. And then the fifth indication that you might need emotional freedom is 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 if you're battling with anger and bitterness. You know, anger is okay. People can be angry, and it's, it's not necessarily sinful. But what causes us to get angry? We get angry when we're hurt, when we're wounded by another person's words or actions or hurtful behavior. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible to go through life and not get hurt by somebody's words, actions, or behavior? And the answer is, no, that's not a realistic world to live in. We we live, we're a bunch of broken pots, right? And so we're all going to mess up and fall short. The problem is, is when we don't, we can't handle that. And nothing wrong with feeling angry. Anger is natural, it's normal. In fact, you know, the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. But it's when anger is not properly dealt with, Then it moves in, it can move into the bondage of bitterness. And whenever you become bitter, that's whenever somebody says something or does something wrong, and you just like a volcano, something comes out of you, and your your countenance changes, your blood pressure rises, and, and there's an emotional upheaval and turmoil going inside of you. Am I talking to the right people here? Ephesians 4, 26, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an an opportunity. Whenever a hurt or wound from somebody else is not properly dealt with, it can become anger. In fact, let me just mention this. If you can't deal with your hurts or wounds in the presence of God properly, you're going to get angry at Him. You're going to get angry at God. So what, what's the point that we're trying to make here? This, here's the point. If you want to be free, you got to deal with this. If you want to live free, you got to deal with this. All these natural, normal emotions like grief, worry, anxiety, fear, depression, anger, bitterness can become unhealthy and enslaving emotions when your hearts get broken. That's why Jesus said, I've come. I was anointed to heal. When your hearts get broken through the loss of, of a, a, a loved one or you go through hurtful, painful, disappointing, traumatic experiences, it can open the door to all kinds of emotional bondages. Now, why do we need emotional freedom? Here's why. Because you can't enjoy God's goodness. You can't enjoy God's grace. You can't enjoy the freedom of the spiritual life. Has your heart ever been broken? Has your, has your life been shattered emotionally? Everybody's has. Well, listen, obviously, if you want to live free, listen, you can't live free if you're stuck in grief. You can't live free if you're living in an extreme state of worry and anxiety. You can't live free if you're paralyzed by the spirit of fear. You can't live free if you're depressed, you're sad, you're bound with anger. So we need to be free. Amen. Are y'all with me? We need to be free. We need to get free. We need to deal with emotional freedom. Why? Because you can't enjoy the freedom Christ has for you without it. Amen. So how do you get free? Let's, let's finish off with that. How do you get free? Let me give you just a few steps to emotional freedom. Number one is acknowledge your need for emotional freedom. You know, the reality is some of us, we grew up in, a, in an atmosphere or a home where, uh, where certain feelings or emotions were, were not allowed. In fact, some of us weren't allowed to be emotional. What you crying for? I'm going to give you something to do. I thought I already got something right now, you know? See, most of us were taught that feelings and emotions are not important, that we shouldn't even pay attention to them. But the truth is, is that feelings and emotions are natural, normal part of life. The Bible tells us that God had emotions, that Jesus wept, and we're made in the image and likeness of God. Amen. And the truth is, our feelings and emotions are oftentimes just indicators that something deeper is going on in our life. So we need to deal with it. So you first have to acknowledge your need for emotional healing. You know, if it just takes one person or one situation to get you to to just uh, send you over the top emotionally, that's an indication you need to acknowledge, man. I need some emotional stability in my life. Come on, y'all need to help me preach this morning. You got to acknowledge your need for emotional healing. Jesus said you're going to know the truth. It's not just his truth. We got to know the truth about ourselves. Amen? Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen right now. So we got to learn to embrace and be honest about ourselves. And so to be healthy emotionally, you have to learn to acknowledge how you feel. You know what? I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm extremely anxious right now. I'm so worried. So listen, if you're sad and grieving, admit it. Admit it. Acknowledge it. If you're worried, admit it. It's like, man, I'm getting overcome right now. You know, you know, we, we just, we deal with, with, you know, grief all the time because we deal with loved ones all the time. And i watch it where people try to shut down people's emotions. I remember, I remember one time at being at a casket of a, a young man and, the, and his father died. And somebody else in the family said, son, you need to quit crying. You need to be the man now. And I wanted to just grab that boy and just hold him in my arms and punch the other guy out. <laughs> I had an emotional upheaval. Yeah, y'all hear what I'm saying? Well, listen, if Jesus can weep, I can weep. If Jesus can weep, you can weep. Amen? And so first, you have to acknowledge, man, I'm broken. I need healing. But don't stop with acknowledging the need for emotional healing. Step number two is believe God's promise that you can be emotionally free. In Luke 4, the foundation of Scripture of Jesus' ministry, he's the one that said, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's a foundational part of his ministry. I love Isaiah 61, three, To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise For the spirit of heaviness. You know what the Lord is telling us here? We don't have to be held captive by the emotional bondage of our past experiences. Amen. Amen. We can be healed. We can't go undo our past. We can't. There's things that we can't control. We can't change things that happen to us. The only thing we have control of is how we respond to what happens to us. Amen. And so listen. We can be delivered from, from grief and sadness. The oil of joy for the spirit of mourning. Do y'all believe this? Listen, we can be set free from the stronghold of worry. Worry's natural normal. But listen, if we have excessive worryness, come on, we need to be set free. We can be overcome from depression and rejection and anger. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The Lord desires for us to be emotionally free. Amen. Well, we're not, we're not just living all over the place emotionally. The third step to emotional healing is cultivating the presence of God in your life. Remember what Jesus said? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. God anointed Jesus to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus is the way that you can get healed, right? It's the anointing of God that heals the broken heart it's the anointing of God. What is the anointing of God? It's the presence of God. It's the power of God. It's the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God comes on a heart, that heart begins to get healed. Amen? And so listen, it's the presence of God, the power of God, and the Spirit of God that's the healing agent of God. And so listen, If you get in the presence of God, you're in a place to get healed, delivered, and set free. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this, For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is It's the spirit of God, saints, that brings freedom in your life. If you could get this, you get in the presence of God because it's in the presence of God that freedom comes. Amen. The truth of the matter is the more of the presence of God you have in your life, the more healing you can experience in your life. The more of the presence of God you have in your life, the more freedom and deliverance you can experience in your life. Acts chapter 2, 28. It says, you have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with the, with joy in your presence. How many of you know there's joy in his presence? The mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. Come on. The presence of God is so powerful. And you see, and I believe that sometimes we forget the benefit and the blessing of the presence of God. And And we, we don't, we don't totally Take advantage of what God has provided for us. And so how do you cultivate the presence of God in your life? Well, there's there's many ways, but I just want to just kind of hit just a couple, two, three. First one is pray and ask him to fill you with his spirit. Ask him. In Matthew 5, 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I think it should be a prayer request of us on a daily basis. Does anybody feel like they got enough of the spirit of God in their life? Does anybody feel like they need more? If your hand's not going up right now, you need to be set free. Amen. Come on. How many of you know the more of the presence of God you have in your life, the more joy in your life, the more peace in your life. Come on. The more love in your life, the more freedom in your life, right? Luke eleven thirteen said, if you then, though, or evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want to encourage you on a daily basis. Take a moment to pause. Say, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? Father, would you baptize me afresh in your spirit? The reality is we leak. God fills us with a spirit, but we leak. We need a fresh filling. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. That word means continuous. We need to be filled with the Spirit on a daily basis. Amen? Y'all with me out there? So first of all, we ask to be filled with the Spirit. Number two, we repent and we return to the Lord. Look at this verse in Acts 3.19. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You know, sometimes it's our sinful attitudes and behavior that blocks the presence of God in our life or hinders the presence of God in our life. And this verse is saying, repent and return. Sometimes the lack of God's presence in our lives is because we've drifted away from Him in our heart. Oh, we still love him. We still plan on going to heaven. He's just not a priority in our life. So he says, repent and return. Come on, listen. Repentance is not just a thing that you do whenever you get saved. Repentance has to be a normal part of the Christian life. How many of you know that? Because none of us are that good where we don't need to repent, Right? But he said, repent and return to the Lord so that the refreshing of the Lord can come into your life. Sometimes you can enjoy a newfound presence of God in your life by saying, Lord, I am so sorry. I've been a knothead. My attitude is wrong. Lord, forgive me for saying that, for doing that, for acting like a heathen. Lord, would you forgive me? And all of a sudden, there's a presence that comes over your life. And the the washing of the water of the Spirit comes over you. And here's the third thing that you can do to cultivate the presence of God in your life, is to worship. You worship. Psalm 95 and 2 says, Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with praise. For the Lord is great, is a great God, a great King above all gods. Listen, worship is not singing songs. It's adoring the Lord. It's honoring the Lord. See, I think sometimes we don't understand, like why I'll spend so much time playing that music. We're cultivating the presence of God in our lives. You see, don't wait for Sunday to cultivate the presence of God in your life. You gotta do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It bless me, you know, Miss Babs and the girls, you know, whenever we were, you know, uh with Brother Francis at the end, they the, the music that you heard here for his service, they had that playing in the house. It was a it was an atmosphere of worship. How many of you know where the presence of God is, saints, the liberty of God is. If you want to be free, you need to cultivate the presence of God. And to me, there's almost nothing else better for me to get in the presence of God but to close my eyes and to begin to worship the King of kings and the Lord of glory. Amen? I love Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithful continues to offer all generations. You know, Pastor Brandon mentioned this last week, whatever you think about your thinking will affect your emotions. But when you start thinking about the Lord and the goodness of God and the favor of God and the greatness of God, you got to get your eyes off of your problems and your circumstances and you start magnifying the Lord. And all of a sudden something happens on the inside of you and it's in the presence of God. Amen. Glory. Worship attracts God's presence. If you want to be filled with God's presence, learn to worship God. If you want to be healed emotionally and be set free, learn to worship and cultivate the presence of God. Does this make sense to you? I asked Gwen her permission to share this story, but whenever we went to Israel a couple years ago, Gwen, Gwen was with us and we were in Hezekiah's Tunnel in Jerusalem. And Hezekiah's Tunnel was kind of small. must have had some little people back then. They had water in the floor. It was dark, dark. And it was, I don't know how many miles or miles long. And we were going through there and we were like back to back and like, you know, holding each other like, you know, like somebody was about to jump out of behind a rock or something. But as we were going through that tunnel, We started singing hymns of praise and we began to worship. Now, you know, Gwen lost her husband three years ago, the love of her life. And she was stuck, she was stuck in grief. And while we were in there worshiping, the presence of God filled Hezekiah's tunnel. And when we got to the other side, Gwen was crying. And she said, God met me in that tunnel. God spoke to me. And he gave me two words, trust and worship. Trust me, I'm going to take care of you. And he said, worship. God was giving her a prescription. He was giving her a prescription. Gwen, this is how you're going to get out. Trust me. How many of you know, you can trust him and worship me. Stay in my presence, because in my presence is the fullness of joy. In my presence is freedom, is liberty and healing. How many of you know the Lord can heal us? Would you stand with me this morning? I want you to just close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to just take a moment right now to just cultivate the presence of God in your life. Whenever you're emotionally bound, you can't worship. You can't serve God like you need to. You can't develop healthy relationships. When your heart has been broken, when your heart is shattered, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? How can you change it? You turn to the one that can. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he came. He said, I was anointed. My Father anointed me so that I could heal the brokenhearted. My friend, today, you can experience the balm of Gilead, the healing balm of Jesus. He's the one that can take a broken vessel, a broken jar, and put it back together again and make you healthy and whole. Father, I pray right now, Lord, Father, as we just worship you, as we just honor you Lord, I pray for the release of your spirit over this room right now. Lord, I pray that right now, Father, that, Lord, you would just begin to deliver, Lord, those of us that are stuck in grief. Lord, break its power. Break its hope. Let the comfort of the Spirit of God come. Father, I pray for those, Lord, that are worried, that are anxious. Lord, that are tormented. Lord, I pray, break worry and anxiousness off of us today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for those, Lord, that are gripped with fear God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power of love and of a sound mind thank you Lord that fear's power is being broken right now in the presence of God thank you Father that a miracle has taken place today Father we thank you we praise you that depression, that sadness. Lord, it is leaving right now. Thank you, Father, that you're turning our mourning into dancing. Thank you, Lord, you're turning our Lord, our spirit of heaviness for the spirit of praise. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, there's a praise in the people of God today. There's a joy in the people of God today. Thank you, Father God, that, Lord, we're experiencing the healing power of Jesus us today. We love you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Praise like you, the Father.
1: The Praise you, Lord Jesus. Come on, just do business above. with God right now.
0: You're going to be healed in Jesus' name. Come on, give him praise this morning. Give him glory this morning. Give him honor. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Now listen, just bow your head with me one more second. See, you might be here this morning, you've never really surrendered your life to Christ. You've never, you've never given your heart to him. You, you're here in church because you're hungry. You want to live for him. You want to serve him you you got to turn to him. you got to give your life to him. you got to make that decision. So if you're here today and you say, Todd, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender. I want to be a Christian. I want to live for God. Pray for me. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just lift it high so I can see it. I want to pray for you. Just lift it up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I see your hand right back here. I see your hand over here. Come on, just, this is your day. Let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying, for shedding your blood so that I could be saved and so that I could be forgiven. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I repent. I turn to you. And I ask you to take control of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen and amen. Now, those of you that lifted your hands and prayed that prayer, there's a card in the pew. If you will, just take a second, fill that out, bring it in the lobby and just hand them that card. We have a gift for you, a Bible if you need one to help you get started. How many of you know that Jesus died a a crucifying death? So that you and I can live a life of freedom. Amen. 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 And so listen, go saints, go. Amen. Amen. Go saints, go. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great day. If you need prayer, we'll be up here.